This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Wednesday the 11th of August. In your Squiz today, record COVID numbers in New South Wales, the carbon emissions blame game, a lawsuit against Prince Andrew, and roaming elephants. This is your Squiz today. It was a heavy COVID news day for New South Wales residents yesterday, Claire, with a record number of new cases. 365 brings the total outbreak to 5,805 with 29 deaths. Cases continue to climb and despite restrictions, the curve does not look to be flattening. New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian has warned that New South Wales might never reach zero cases or elimination. And so with the only way out through vaccinations, let's check in on how the rate of vaccinations is going. Every state and territory now has 40% of their over 16-year-olds with at least one dose down. So there is some real progress being made on that front. What the federal government says is that there is more progress to be made with more vaccination doses coming our way, particularly Pfizer doses. Also interesting to note is 100,000 people aged under 40 in New South Wales have come forward to have their first dose of the AstraZeneca vaccine in the last couple of weeks. So they're heeding that advice that if you live in Greater Sydney, the the benefit of getting that vaccine now outweighs any risk of any potential side effects from blood clotting. There's still a way to go, of course, to get to that 70% or 80% vaccination rates that will mean lesser restrictions and open borders. So minimising the movement of people is still high on the priority list, so much so that a rule has been tweaked where Australians who live overseas but who might be in Australia will now need to apply for an exemption to leave again. It's one of those things that plenty of Australians who live overseas have noted that they've been able to come home to see family if they can get a flight, which of course has been very difficult for very Mm -hmm. many people, Uh, but they've been able to go back to their country of residence. Now that provision has been shut and we could see a situation going forward that there are Australians who are stranded in Australia. COVID still not done with creating unusual situations. That change in the rules comes into effect today. Tough news there for a lot of the expat community. Lots of reaction, Claire, to the IPCC report, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change report that we went through yesterday. With the report warning of the profound consequences that global warming will bring, attention naturally turned to those in charge yesterday. One thing the report highlighted was that carbon emissions continue to soar. It's a hot topic for Australia as we're yet to commit to a net zero emissions target. Yesterday, Prime Minister Scott Morrison was quick to point the finger elsewhere when that was brought up again. Yeah, he did. What he said in an early press conference yesterday was that there's all sorts of things that Australia should do and that it was doing a lot of those things. But uh, the quote from him is that we cannot ignore the fact that the developing world accounts for two thirds of global emissions and those emissions are rising. Uh, He also pointed out that China's emissions count for more than the OECD combined. So what essentially he is saying is that a 
small-ish country like Australia uh, can make all the changes that it wants, but it is still a very small player when it comes to global emissions. Despite that position, he was still under a lot of pressure yesterday to do more, something that might be difficult with Nationals leader. Barnaby Joy is taking a very clear position this morning that he doesn't want the government to sign up to lower emissions targets. He was due to speak at the National Press Club today, but he's under lockdown with those cases in Armadale. In international news now, Prince Andrew, the Queen's second son, is being sued by alleged sex trafficking victim Virginia Giuffray over allegations he sexually abused her when she was 17. If Buckingham Palace was hoping Prince Andrew's connection with Jeffrey Epstein would fade out of the public arena, this ensures it won't. No, it certainly won't fade away. What Givray says happened to her is that she was flown to New York uh, by Epstein when she was underage to have sex with Prince Andrew. Uh, Buckingham Palace has repeatedly denied those claims. Uh, You might remember Andrew himself did a fairly disastrous interview with the BBC uh, where he put his case. But now that Givray is taking it to court, it certainly will be in the public sphere for some time to come. It's been just over two years since Jeffrey Epstein was found dead in his cell while awaiting trial on sex trafficking charges. The trial of Ghislaine Maxwell, Epstein's girlfriend, is due to go ahead in November. Over to the US and the governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo, has resigned after an inquiry found he sexually harassed multiple women. He continues to deny the claims but says he'll step aside. The resignation is big news in the US this morning. Yeah, it really is because Cuomo was seen as someone who potentially was destined for bigger things in the Democratic Party. Uh, He really shot to international fame last year when New York was hit very hard by COVID uh, and he was praised for his his steady leadership. But early this year, he was accused by 11 women, uh, including former and serving staff, also a member of his protection detail uh, of inappropriate touching and also inappropriate comments. Uh, He is political royalty in New York. His father, Mario, was governor during the 80s and 90s, and he really worked his whole adult life uh, to become governor. He even said when he was running for office uh, last time, that he would have to be struck dead by God Mm. to be removed during the middle of his term. So there is plenty of surprise that he's actually resigned. That resignation will go into effect in 14 days. His deputy will replace him, which makes Kathy Hochul the first female governor of New York. Now, I know this story had a bit of a run on Squiz Kids, our news podcast for 8 to 12-year-olds, but I'm glad we're talking about it as well. A herd of elephants in China that wandered more than 500 kilometres from their habitat has become a bit of a social media sensation as people followed along with their unusual journey. But all good things come to an end, Claire. They're heading home. They are heading home and not only have they been, you know, a cute, quirky, interesting story for China to follow along, they've actually taken up the resources of (laughs) 25,000 police officers uh, who have monitored their 17-month cross-country journey. They've eaten out millions of dollars worth of crops. Uh, They've destroyed buildings. They've wandered (laughs) down main streets. uh, And then they've sort of packed it all in and had very, very cute 
cute cuddle sessions as they sleep outside towns. And it's been a very unusual one. Experts haven't really been sure why they strayed so far uh, from their homes, but they're on their way back. It's dumbfounded scientists, but captivated the world. There are only 300 elephants in China, which explains a little the personnel efforts to keep them safe. There's some pretty incredible pictures. I'll pop a link in your episode notes. Rich people can tend to be trendsetters, Claire, and billionaire Elon Musk is no different. There's a 47,000-person wait list to live in a tiny pop-up house just like his. Yeah, we've talked about his tiny house on the podcast before. It's just 35 square metres. He has pretty much sold all of his big homes across the country, particularly in San Francisco, where like other billionaires, he had a pretty flash pad. But what he and his partner Grimes and their son uh, are doing is living off the SpaceX base uh, in Texas in this really tiny house. And it's really generated a lot of interest for the manifest manufacturer of of that pop-up home they really are very tiny i don't know if i was a billionaire not sure that's where i would be living that's all from us today if you do enjoy the podcast we'd love it if you could leave a review even better tell your mates about it it really does help us to grow and a quick psa if you're listening via apple podcasts and you've been having trouble with our podcast not appearing or appearing late in your feed recently we've been told that the latest iphone update should help with that so jump into your settings and update away that's all from us have a good one we'll be back with you tomorrow message now from our podcast partner, BHP. Across the next couple of weeks, we'll be talking to Squizzers about BHP and the work they're doing to provide the materials that we need to transition to a low emission economy for the energy transition. At the start of the podcast, you heard how copper is used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. So when it comes to producing it, reducing emissions is a priority. And that's why BHP is making solar, wind and battery deals to help power their South Australian Olympic Dam copper mine. It's happening now at BHP.